0: Welcome to the Display the Gospel podcast, a place where we will explore topics related to the Christian life in order to demonstrate and declare the gospel as followers of Jesus. Thanks for tuning in. Well, thank you for tuning in today to another episode. Uh, We are in a series called the Gospel-Centered Stewardship, and you may be thinking this is about money, but it's actually not. And so for the last couple weeks, we've talked about a couple different things that have to do with stewardship, and uh, they're not money topics, but money is one of the topics that will be coming. Um, And so what I want to start us out today with is we're going to be talking about body stewardship, how we steward our body. And so before we get into that, though, I want to provide a definition if you are tuning in for the first time. Um, and haven't listened to this, you might be wondering, what does he mean when he says the word stewardship? Uh, Here's the working definition we've had on 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 this podcast series so far. Stewardship is the belief that everything belongs to God because God is sovereign over all things. Stewardship begins as we recognize God as exercising divine ownership over everything. And so stewardship encompasses this reality that God has entrusted to us, His chosen people, all that he actually owns, and so we are simply the managers of what he has entrusted to us. And so that's the kind of the key concept here of, with stewardship: that we are not the owners; we are the managers. And so he's entrusted to us a responsibility, and so that responsibility comes with some imperatives to live a certain way. Um, and so today, the key question we're going to talk about then is: okay, how does the gospel relate to the stewardship of our physical bodies? And I have the privilege of having a friend Um, on the podcast today, David Bush, who is a former pastor, a health coach, a disciple maker, Uh, he's an elder here at our church locally, Um, and he has a ministry called Fit for the King, and my wife and I recently just went through David's uh, 12-week coaching program, and uh, I'll save that maybe for a little bit later, but just suffice it to say it was very transformative, it was very helpful, Um, one of the best things that we've been able to engage with probably in our entire lives. Um, And I'm so grateful to be able to introduce David to you today um, and let him share a little bit about his ministry, and then to also have you learn from his wisdom and his experience um, and his understanding of how we can uh, steward our bodies well. So David, uh, it's great to have you. Uh, Thanks for being on the show.
1: Thanks so much for the invitation, Brad. It's great to be here.
0: Yeah. So tell us, what what is Fit for the King, and and as we get into this topic of stewarding our physical bodies, uh, it's not a topic you hear a lot about Mm -hmm. in the Church or really anywhere, and so you've got a whole ministry dedicated to this sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So so what does that look like? What do you do?
1: Well, uh, Fit for the King is a discipleship ministry focusing on body stewardship, and while I work with all kinds of uh, people, uh, you know, men, women, Uh, couples, uh, people who are leaders in ministry, people who aren't. Uh, My main focus and hope, because of my passion and experience as a pastor, is to be able to specifically uh, reach pastors and church leaders uh, with this, as uh, the body stewardship issues for pastors is one of particular struggle uh, in our North American (laughs) culture. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, awesome. So let's just dive right in, kind of we're going to do this in two parts. So part one today, we're going to talk about kind of the, a theology of the body, um, mm-hmm. and that might be new to some of our listeners, it may be not, but, but what does the Bible have to say about the care of our body? Does, does the Bible talk a lot about our body, and if so, um, you know, mm-hmm. what kind of perspective should we be thinking about in that way?
1: Yeah, uh, most people would approach the area of body stewardship and think that the Bible probably doesn't have much to say yeah. about it, and that would uh, spring mostly from the fact that it isn't talked about very much. And that's a whole other topic about why that is the case, uh, but I'm, I'm certain and I hear from pastors that they make it through seminary, Bible school, whatever, and have never been given any real framework to think about their physiology mm-hmm. from a gospel-centered or biblical perspective. And so that can't help but translate into uh, the the focus of the Church and their teaching and their ministry, is that they weren't really taught anything. And out of that springs a a notion that really it's just kind of superficial, it's temporary, it it is not a priority uh, for the Christian. We're to cultivate the spiritual disciplines, the software of our lives. And the hardware, you know, frankly, is just kind of a chrysalis that will be discarded, you know, uh, at some point. And doesn't doesn't it say something about we get new bodies anyway? So you know, this one's kind of a rental, and you know, nobody is it, treats it, a rental well. Yeah, nobody <laughs> treats that well. And and uh, isn't isn't heaven, you know, and heavenly things uh, the most important? This seems so earthly and superficial and. Uh, frankly, when we look around at what our culture does to talk about body stewardship, it really is quite narcissistic and self-focused, and we're not sure that's really good. So there's all kinds of impediments and barriers to have a a Christian think rightly about their physiology, And uh, that's everything from the cultural messages they're getting, the fact that it's never taught in church, and what they do get in church makes Mm -hmm. them think that it is siloed off and irrelevant to their spiritual growth or their discipleship. So all of those present barriers to actually coming to a gospel-centered and biblically correct understanding of our physical bodies.
0: Yeah. So what if someone's listening and and, and thinking, well, I've never read a passage from the Bible that talks about my Mm -hmm. body, what would you say to that person?
1: Well, most people wouldn't say that. They would. They would say, um, "Well, yeah, there is something about there about being the temple of the Holy Spirit," and so I suppose that gives it some level of importance, at least as long as the Spirit's in there. Um, But, you know, that's quickly consumed by, well, doesn't Paul say somewhere about, you know, a bodily um, care, care is worth a little bit, but spiritual things are really more important? I I remember something about that, so I guess he kind of neuters that. Um, (laughs) And and what does it really mean to be the the host of the Holy Spirit? I'm not really... Yeah. sure what that means. A uh, Temple? You know, I don't have temples today. Yeah. Uh, what, what, what does that even mean? Yeah. So there's a lot of opaqueness and fogginess uh, about what that would even mean, and, and that's never again developed within yeah. the Church to have a, a, a holistic yeah. view uh, of who we are. Yeah. But, uh, you know, in terms of looking at stewardship as a whole and the focus on the fact that this is just really about money uh, and financial things, or assets that way, um, it's un- easy to understand why we would come to that understanding, because the parables that Jesus uh, talked about focus on that. But if we step back and understand what the people who were hearing that parable understood it as, which was a steward of a household, yeah. which incul- included a vastly more than just the financial assets, it could be the education of their kids yeah it could be all kinds of things that they were involved in as a steward a far more holistic uh, view of it and we need look no further than the uh, the great commandment the shema to the old testament people that they would have understood and today the great commandment uh that says we're to love god with our heart soul mind and strength and um uh, the strength part would be our our physical capacity yeah. um Uh, to love God completely. So He does want us to love Him that way, and then further to love our neighbor as ourselves. And the understanding that if we think about that a little, loving our neighbor as ourselves more often than not uh, has a component of 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 physical effort, at least in my experience, when my neighbor needs to be loved, more often than not that that demands uh, something of my physical health, and yeah. my physical vitality, and my energy, and whatnot. So um, we don't have to look very far uh, to, to understand that, um, that uh, our physiology and our stewardship of it is far more than money. Uh, we need only look at the Great Commandment, uh, we need only look at the Great Commission, uh, yeah. uh, go share the gospel uh, to every nation, uh, to the people who are hearing that they they knew intuitively, man, that means a lot of walking. <laughs> okay, we might yeah. think we can do that in our pajamas from basement a basement on a laptop, yeah. uh, but <laughs> to those who heard it, um, that meant I'm going to need to move a yeah. lot. There's a physical uh, component to that. There is a physical yeah. component to it, and uh, a physical component that frankly would sideline most of the people today who would be called to do that, and they're grateful they can do something from their laptop or just give to it, better yet, just give to it and let somebody else do the walking. Uh, But whether we look at Jesus' life and how we stewarded it, whether we look at these great commandments, the Great Commission, uh, or if we even look to the beginning of how God created us and what He set forth in Eden and the uh, parameters about what He asked them to do and what their life consisted of. Um, these all have highly physiological components to them that are never explored or quickly dismissed because they are viewed as being a lot less important than the software. Um, But as we can get into, uh, the hardware oftentimes end up dictating what the software can do. And the wheels come off our, our physiology much too soon. Uh, and in too many ways, and frankly, the stewardship of all those other things God has entrusted to us uh, are lost oftentimes because of our poor stewardship of of our physiology.
0: Yeah, no, that's good. Thank you. I think one of the one of the most helpful things when I was going through the coaching process with you was just that reality, the hardware and the software, um, distinction. Would you flesh mm-hmm. that out a little bit more for those listening? What is the hardware, and how does that Im- influence the software, and, mm-hmm. and that di- just that dynamics? I think sure. that's helpful, because often we think we, we focus so much on the spiritual things or the other aspects to mm-hmm. steward, and if we neglect our bodies, like I have in the past for a while, you come to find out that actually catches up with you, and mm-hmm. it actually debilitates your ability to be better stewards in other things or even be spiritually engaged in things. So maybe Mm -hmm. flesh that out a little bit more for us.
1: Sure. Well, there would be the assumption uh, that um, church and uh, discipleship and teaching uh, needs to be focused on making uh, our attitudes and our thought life and our generosity and our kindness and uh, 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 a grace-filled life and our um, intimacy with God spiritually. These are all the things we're trying to develop most of the time in the church, and they are viewed as getting our spirits ready to respond appropriately and uh, be centered on the Lord and have the right thoughts, attitudes, actions, etc., that would show that we're a Christian and that we're under transformation and that our lives are moving to be more like Christ. Yeah. We're following Jesus and becoming like Him in our character yeah. uh, and our our uh, priorities, etc. And that's absolutely true. There, there's no question that that's a, a lot of what our discipleship looks like. Yeah. Um, but in, in focusing pretty much exclusively on that software the things that are not necessarily tangible yeah. uh, uh, and saying well this this is a uh, at best a shell, it's temporary, we are going to die, uh, we're under the curse of Adam, uh, we're degrading day by day, yeah. this is really a superficial pursuit to try to buff and polish something that is mm. um, that's going away anyway, yeah. and isn't this a source of pride and narcissism among many people? Why waste it, my
0: time on this type of right. thing? Right.
1: Uh, we... we um, frankly, are eroding our ability to have all those wonderful things God may be doing in our lives in the software yeah. and and neutering its effectiveness when it is going to be most effective. Mm-hmm. Um, and for most people, uh, when I ask them in uh, workshops or, or in one-on-one things, when do you think you'll have the most... You know, relational resources, financial resources, biblical wisdom, life experience, et cetera, where you can go all in for the gospel. And you know, is that in your twenties? You know, oh no way, man, I, I was an ignorant fool then. Does anybody uh, yeah. know anything
0: in their twenties? Yeah. I thought I did. Well, we think we do,
1: <laughs> but I didn't know. Uh, didn't know squat. Um, uh, the thirties, well, man, yeah, you're kind of focused on kids, and you're building your career, maybe. Forties. Well, that's when, man, the demands really come on in the workplace, and, and you're just going all out because this is these are the maximal years of earning, and then, then the kids start growing up, and they get into college, and then in the 50. Well, well, when is it that yeah. you actually have a full Rolodex yeah. <laughs> or, or in today's uh, to let me not date myself. What's a Rolodex, uh, uh,
0: <laughs> David? Can you explain that to
1: us? <laughs> Use terms that are relevant. Um, a, a full, uh, you know, iPhone with uh, with your contacts full. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 and be able to pick up the phone and get something done because you know somebody who does that and who's really good at it. And, and frankly, there's a little more wiggle room in your finances. Uh, your student loans are paid off. Your house may be paid off. What? When does that all happen? Yeah. Well. It, Dave, that happens probably mid to late 50s through, well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. you, and, and well, what's the I don't know? Well, I guess the wheels kind of start going off about the same time that you actually become ready to fully engage and <laughs> hit on all cylinders, don't they? Yeah. 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 And we start thinking about all the people who, in their late 50s, 60s, 70s, um, maybe too early in some cases, people become sidelined by yeah. by that hardware that doesn't work anymore and that actually starts to become a limiter yeah. on what they can do with all that wonderful software uh, that has been developed. Yeah. And that's a sad state of affairs that people begin yeah. checking out. Uh, and, and retirement's another issue. Uh, that's a rabbit trail we won't go down on. Uh, yeah. But uh, for most people, either retirement or yeah. I just can't do it anymore. Yeah, uh, becomes the issue of why they cannot disciple younger men and women. Yeah. Uh, why they can't be fully engaged in church leadership. Mm-hmm. Why they can't have the time to uh, reach out to their neighbor because they just want to go in, put the garage door down, sit in their Barca lounger, and watch Netflix yeah. uh, while they while they try to recoup. Physiologically, from the gauntlet they've been through, that there's no reservoir yeah. there of vitality, energy, or even brain capacity to be able to to marshal the strength to walk across the street and engage their neighbor uh, or anything else uh, that that might uh, be a benefit to the kingdom of God. So we we spend a lot of time developing the software, uh, causing people to pre- hopefully become more like Christ and get their their priorities uh, in order and give God more and more of themselves. And it never gets around to saying, Will you give God your physical body? Because he owns that too. Mm. And if you will, and you will begin to steward it in a countercultural way, as we're trying to do in so many other areas of our lives, live counterculturally, then there's a, a, a great opportunity for you to um, put the pedal to the metal at the time of life when most people are starting to do the slow fade, and you can become incrementally uh, engaged for the sake of the gospel in those later years of life when, frankly, you may have the most to offer and God may desire to use you the most.
0: Yeah, and that's, that's so profound to think about, I know for myself, I had always just unintentionally, you know, compartmentalized my own life to be. My spiritual life is over here, and my physical life is just like you said. It's not as important, and I will get to it if I get to it. And if I work out, if I—great, if I eat a good meal, great. If not, ah, I got bigger things to to worry about. Mm -hmm. Um, And the reality is, I mean, you said it well, if God owns my body, and it is His, Mm -hmm. which that is true— uh, then I have a responsibility to to take care of that body that He's given me the responsibility over, and just like in Matthew 25 in the parable of the talents, He gives His these servants something to take care of and to use wisely, not just to bury it in the ground, mm-hmm. to not use it, to let it atrophy, to let it just just to let it be idle. Jesus comes back and is actually angry with that servant who was yes. idle and buried his talent in the ground. Mm-hmm. So in the same way with my body, if I'm just idle with it in a very real sense, that has a very physiological reality, if I'm inactive with it, uh, that's bad stewardship. Yeah. I, I'm being irresponsible with something God has given me as a good gift. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Perhaps one of his greatest trusts as, yeah. if you think about it, your financial resources, your intellectual resources, your... Um, relational resources, all these things become compromised when your physiology breaks down and you're unable, because of your health, to do those things. It costs a lot of money to be unwell. Um, You don't think clearly and as well uh, when you're not healthy and not sleeping well or whatever. So as kind of a gatekeeper stewardship, your body is really pretty near the top uh, your earning capacity. You want to be a steward? <laughs> you yeah. want to have more assets to steward? Yeah. Well, you better stay well yeah. uh, for a longer period of time to be able to do that. Yeah. But the spirit of the age tells us, it's my body, and I'll do what I want to yeah. with it. Yeah. And uh, that is more than just a right-to-life uh, issue. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of how it gets applied, that you know, the, I get yeah. to make choices with my body, regardless of how it impacts other people, etc. Yeah. But... Uh, the the steward approaches that completely different and says, "God, it's your body. I I wasn't my idea. I yeah. from 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 before time began. You under, you wanted me. You brought me through your creative genius into being, and you made me uniquely uh, uh, and made me for a purpose, and even chose me. Yeah. <laughs> the scripture tells us yeah. uh, there was a holistic understanding of who I was before I even came to be, and." Uh, so I belong to you yeah. because uh, because you created me. Uh, kind of the potter and clay uh, yeah. thing. The the yeah. the, the clay and the pot doesn't say to the potter, "Why did you make me this way? Yeah. And for what <laughs> use?" No, the yeah. potter owns that um, that pot, yeah. and he calls the shots. So God owns us, and Paul makes it clear when he says, "You do not belong to yourselves. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You must honor God with your body." He says it very specifically. Uh, and he says that our greatest uh, actually the most profound and um, uh, consequential worship that we give is is through how we steward our bodies. Uh, he says in Romans 12 yeah. so, Uh, These are very, if we want to mine them and look at them this way, it it really doesn't take a whole lot of uh, interpretation to see God's in charge, He owns you, you must honor Him with your body. I don't need to get out of, you know, hermeneutics and figure out what that means. Um, So God owns us first, and He has the right to ownership because He made us. But for the Christian... Uh, we find out that God bought us back at a high price. So the Christian has a double ownership by God because he not only owns us because he created us and has the right to ownership that way, but he bought us back out of the slave market of sin and has a double ownership of our physical bodies and can lay claim to that. And then he says if we're married, um, that your spouse actually gets third dibs uh, God gets the first two, and yeah. your spouse gets the, the, the third one. So for those who say, uh, it's my body, I'll do what I want to with it, and as a Christian has some of the remnants of that cultural thinking going on and saying yeah. it really doesn't matter, it is... You know, I can captain my own ship uh, in this physiological sphere, even if I give over the software to to the pastor to help mold and flake and form. Um, No, God owns you because He created you, then He bought you back and owns you a second time, and then your spouse, if you're married, gets third dibs, and what they had to say about your body and how you should steward it would be number three, and guess what... you're number four, and that, that's a sobering realization to people yeah. uh, to, to realize that they don't get to make the choices of their own body, but isn't that what the Christian life is like, finding out yeah. uh, day by day, we're not the ones in charge, we don't get to say, we're stewards of everything, yeah. and it's, we, uh, the Christian life and discipleship is about surrendering
0: yeah.
1: more and more deeply those things that we want to control and hold on to ourselves.
0: Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's a discipleship issue. It's denying yourself in all of those ways, and what you want, and what you think, uh, we, what you even think would be best. Uh, Well, that needs to be submitted to what does God's word say about what the best actually is, and oftentimes it's not what we think it is. Mm -hmm. Um, Man, so that's good. So as we begin to wrap this up, uh, what's what's how can the local church um, for those listening that are part of their own local churches, how can they begin to be more a part of the solution? In this area than part of the problem? Uh, I mean, what what are some tangible, practical, you know, things that we can be thinking about to to uh, to be part of the solution and helping people understand that we're stewarding our bodies for the glory of God and for the service of others? Uh, what are some practical things mm-hmm. you would encourage people to think about?
1: Yeah, um, well, we're gonna need to develop a biblical perspective of our bodies, a gospel-centered perspective of our bodies, and for most people that's a pretty blank slate, yeah. uh, you know, other than a verse or two that they maybe don't really know how it applies uh, uh, pulled out, uh, there there's little, been little application to that. And so we're left with what the world offers, which is mostly a, a fairly self-focused and narcissistic approach to things. Um, so I would say you, uh, develop a biblical worldview and biblical view and and perspective of your physical body. And um, the resources that I have through Fit for the King have been developed to help people do that. And and I would gladly point you all kinds of different directions and not just say, well, you got to go to Fit for the King to get this stuff. But frankly... This is not a broad, <laughs> a broad pool of things. If, if yeah. somebody's looking for help with their marriage, you know, good night. We could be here all day, uh, uh, giving yeah. them the resources. Or how do you parent well? Or, yeah. or how about financials? to it. Well, there's all kinds of volumes and, and information yeah. in this area of how would I develop a biblical understanding of my my physical body? It's it's a pretty narrow thing. So. Um, you know, at the, at the Fit for the King website, you can access and find out resources and books that would help you develop that. Uh, Gary Thomas, who's a award-winning, big, big, you know, author, speaker, um, has written a book uh, called Everybody Body Matters. Uh, that's one of the only books I've seen that actually mm. takes, a, takes a stab at this uh, in, a, in a good way. Mm. Um, uh, Dr. Michael Brown, who, who is a radio personality and authored many books, went through a personal journey himself of enormous weight loss, mm-hmm. and uh, that's more of a practical blow-by-blow description of what he went through and the changes in his life. Uh, but he's written a book, Dr. Michael Brown, on uh, uh, his addiction uh, to food and recognizing it was an addiction and how he went through that. That, that has been helpful for some people. Uh, but first, develop a a biblical view of how your physical body plays into this whole thing, Um, and then as you begin to do that and as you catch a vision for that, and frankly, if your physiology needs some change and those changes start to happen, um, you will then become a credible source of uh, insight and direction to help others uh, disciple themselves in this same way. But I'd say take a step back and gain some information yourself and and then apply it. And then, uh, frankly, in this area of, of physiological change, when people see something happen, uh, they may not notice that you got more generous and they may not notice that you got more kind or that you gossip less or all those yeah. kinds of things, became yeah. a better worker uh, or... Those are all important, Uh, but I tell you, they will notice when they see your life start to align with discipline and self-control and uh, become spirit-directed in that way, uh, people will come up to you and say, hey, I noticed... Something's going on. What, what, what's the deal? Yeah. And at that point, you can either say, well, this diet did it, uh, or give yeah. a, well, I got a personal trainer, or whatever, and that may be great for you, but it would be wonderful if you were able yeah. to say, well, I started to understand what biblical body stewardship looks like, and I began to apply it. And by golly, I found out that God wanted that to be a part of my stewardship, yeah. and uh, He helped me yeah. accomplish that as I surrendered more deeply to Him in this area. And that becomes a great bridge to uh, talking about gospel-centered things yeah. and what a holistic yeah. life under the Lordship of Christ looks like.
0: Well, oh, that's great. So, man, thank you, David. Um, so if anybody's listening to this, um, again, David's ministry is called Fit for the King. You go online, it's fit, the number four, TheKing.net, mm-hmm. and so that's a great website. Tons of resources, all sorts of things for I mean, things, I mean, all sorts of stuff. Coaching, group fitness ideas, blogs, uh, uh, an annual conference that David puts on. All sorts of things. Go check that out. Um, but if someone else wants to get in contact with you, David, maybe they say, Man, I really want to talk to this guy. Is the website the best way for them to connect with you, or is there sure. another way you'd like to encourage people to, to reach out to you?
1: No, the, through the website's great. David at fit for the numeral4theking.net, uh, is a way to do that, but you'll be led there through the website. And there's just, if people are listening and saying you know, what what Brett and some other pastors have experienced in the coaching, uh, I, I frankly am going to need some personal discipleship because it yeah. just seems so confusing, and I want yeah. somebody to hold me accountable, and that's very important in this area, yeah. uh, then that's what the coaching program is for, and uh, we can do that from anywhere in the country uh, via Zoom conferencing, etc. So uh, there's a lot more information about that, and I'd be happy to talk to you on a, on a complimentary basis about what all that entails and see if it's a good fit for you.
0: Yeah. And I'll just add as a last kind of closing note again, thank you, David, for giving us your time and some of the insight today to hopefully share how we can be uh, faithful stewards with the bodies that God has given us. Um, you know, my wife and I were able to go through David's coaching program for 12 weeks, and that was gifted to us by a generous person, which is a blessing. Um and it came at a time when we were both very convicted about our health. I mean, not only were we both at our heaviest weights, but we were, you know, not sleeping well. We had the brain fog. We felt terrible. I had no energy. Um, and, and literally, like you talked about, there was no discipline or self-control with my food. Um, and, and I've talked openly from the pulpit that, that gluttony is a sin that I struggle with of indulging in food and finding comfort and satisfaction in food when it should be found in Christ. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's essentially gluttony. I'm turning to something and overindulging in a physical substance, um, whereas uh, that should be finding my hope and my identity, my roots, and my satisfaction in the Lord. And so I I will just say to those listening, um, if you're thinking about it, you know, accountability is huge, but also right thinking leads to right living. Um, And David provides a biblical-based curriculum and teaches you how to think rightly about this topic, and it's not just get in the gym and become the big CrossFit crazy person. Mm -hmm. That's totally not the approach. It's also not, here's a new fad diet that you've never heard about before. That's also not David's approach.
1: I found a secret gnosis (laughs) and wisdom Never before discovered, yeah, and, and I just, impart it to you for a fee. It's
0: just a, as a, an overarching encouragement. Anytime <laughs> someone tells you they found something no one else has found, it's probably not a secret, and it's probably not <laughs> worth your time or money. Um, and so David's a very uh, grounded, pastoral, theologically sound person who cares about you as a whole person, and will counsel you, guide you, coach you, and keep you accountable in ways that are are so helpful and transformative, and so uh, again, I'll just put my own endorsement out there that my wife and I have done it. Um, While we've both lost over 30 pounds together, um, each of us, um, uh, that hasn't even been the most important thing. Mm -hmm. The most important thing is learning and relearning, even as a pastor, which Mm -hmm. kind of sounds a little bit embarrassing Mm -hmm. to admit that, Mm -hmm. but that's okay. Um, It's okay to say I'm still learning. Um, uh, learning that my physical body care was, was the lowest of my priorities, and now it's one of the highest, um, because I see the value of what that uh, does for my life and my service to the Lord and my family and the Church, um, but how also that, like as you said, as I've surrendered to saying, Lord, I can't change myself in this area without your help. That's mm-hmm. impossible. I don't have that kind of power. Um, I have experienced that in a very real way of as I surrender and cooperate with his plan and his design, oh wait whoa shocker that actually goes well for me. <laughs> yes so just as an encouragement to those listening um, this might be a step you need to take and if so I'd be happy to talk to you if you have questions about that David would be happy to talk to you if you have questions about that again his website is fit the number four theking.net uh, please reach out to him if you have questions if you want to check out the website for resources. Um, it's an incredible ministry that I hope really gains a lot more traction in the months to come. So David, thanks for being, being with us today.
1: Yeah, thanks again for the invitation. Absolutely. It's a joy.
0: So join us next time when we're going to be talking to David again in part two, and we're going to dive a little bit more into some of the more topics related to nutrition and exercise. We'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in today. You can find a wealth of resources, including free downloads, videos, book recommendations, sermons, training opportunities, and more at my website, www.DisplayTheGospel.com.